Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, Patrick. How's it going? Pretty good, Jeff. Yeah, doing good, doing good. Another indecisively weathered Monday. The weather's having a case on the Mondays, I think. But that's okay. Nope. Which is doing wonders for everybody here in Middle Tennessee who who have uh, allergies and whatnot. But, But yeah. And... But yeah, no, it's it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. What's new? Anything? Uh, <clears throat> not too much. Um, but um, when we were talking last week about first we heard Warren about how she lost her phone, and I was like, I should have a black book as a back backup. But she still probably would have lost that too. So mm-hmm. I ended up getting a black book. Boom. I, I haven't put all the numbers in there yet, but I, I started yeah. putting them in there. So just you know, just have a backup. Just in yep. Oh, uh, you, you get a little black book. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's awesome. So yeah, did a little gaming this week. I did finally beat. Um, well, I beat the the main story of uh, Arkham Asylum. Yeah. And I think I'll go play through Arkham City again. Okay. So without collecting all of the Riddler trophies in Asylum. I only completed 68%, so I've got 32% left to actually complete it. So I've got some regular, regular trophies, some other hidden things to find, and then challenges. So, okay. I'm not really a completionist, but it might be fun yeah. to go back to I have all my gadgets to get places I couldn't before. And then I've already played through the storyline of Arkham City, but game, I just, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I... Me either, I'll be honest, because I'm not, I, I like to play, I used to love playing video games growing up, I used to love it, uh, but I I too, like, I back when we had, like, Game Genie for Nintendo, and you put your cheat codes in and all that, that's the only way I could beat a game, because I honestly don't have the, like, I know where my skills are, <laughs> and it's not at, at that, because I don't, I'd like to say I don't have the patience for it, but maybe I do. I don't know. I just, I get bored. Like, yeah, I get frustrated. Well, especially not like even, I don't want to say with newer games, because I really have no, I have very little experience when it comes to newer games in the sense that if it has, if it doesn't have like a time limit, time limit, or if it's going to take longer than an hour to complete, it's probably not going to happen for me. Which is, and that's been that way probably ever since I've owned a PlayStation because most of the games I owned were sports games. It was like either the MLB, whatever years, or it was the Tony Hawk Pro Skaters, or even the one Mad. I only had owned one Madden game. And it, you know, sports game, or even like uh, Hot Shots Golf, like all those. They're, they're sports games in the sense that they are going to have a beginning and an end. And it's going to be within a short amount of time, which is great. Because then I can either start over or I can just turn it off or move on to a different game. And it's great. 
I played the first Batman game that came out, and I got stuck within two hours of playing it. I fr- it frustrated the hell out of me, and you know the inter- internet was still, we'll say, fairly like it was still dial up. I don't even think it was fifty k fifty six k modem yet. Right. But it 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 was old enough that it there there we didn't have like cheats or walkthroughs yet. So I would just get frustrated as hell. I would not play it for like two days. I'd go back, try it again. And if I couldn't beat it then, I just turned it off and I didn't play it anymore. Like it would be months before I'd come back and play it again, just because I would just get so frustrated. And, you know, like I said, you know, games for me are meant to be fun. I don't need to be challenging. I just need it to be entertaining. Right. And when it quits becoming fun, then I'm not going to play it anymore. I don't, I don't need that. Like I don't, yeah, I don't need that challenge. I get, you know, life is challenging enough. I don't need that in my video games. <laughs> right. That's, that's kind of how it was with Arkham Asylum. Like I got to a certain point and I just got stuck. I couldn't figure out where to go next. They didn't have like certain waypoints where you like you have your your distance meter. Like here so far, from mm-hmm. this. didn't have that. So I just stopped playing it. So, you know, I'd mentioned that I bought the bundle on mine. It was like eight bucks for all of them. Pretty much. And um, I was only maybe another hour of the game left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just stopped. Like the total play time ended up being like 17 hours of the time that I played over time. So I was like, man, I, w- I wasn't that far from the end of the game. I just, just gave up too soon. It's kind of like that that meme where one person um, stops digging. And then you have this whole big riches and treasures. And then other people mm-hmm. going. You know, it's like if I kept going, I could I would have beat this way back in the day. But um, but I'm gonna go through all of them and just play a little bit over time and just do the story and maybe maybe complete it. I don't know. I don't know. This fun. Yeah, in other games I play like wrestling, like all the wrestling games. Yes. Ever since I ever since I picked up the Steam Deck, like I you know I've picked up some PC games and then some of the games like I said on my PS2 I've loaded up there so and then i can set it up to watch stuff on streaming that i have so it's pretty good all-in-one media device and you if you want use it as a pc you just need a keyboard and mouse <laughs> good but um but yeah at some point i'm gonna go back through i'm gonna go through all of the arkham games and play them i started to skip city because i've already beaten it and go to origin right but i'll play them in order i can have that have the main story of each completed yeah um no i loved playing the wrestlemania game like for regular nes and i was so excited i found it i think at mckay's or somewhere and no it's been even longer than that and i was so excited i was like this is gonna be awesome and then um and then yeah i realized okay one this is harder than i remember it being and then two, <laughs> um this is harder than I remember it being, and then also, it's not as much fun as I remember it being. Right. But, you know, I was like, oh, I used to love playing this one. This is awesome. And then I'm like, this is kind of a little bit slower than I remember. And it's more difficult now because it is a little bit slower. Yeah. <laughs> so your, your timing is off because you're used to faster moving games now and. But that was that yeah. young 
seven, eight year old. Yep. Just playing it now. You're older. It's like, yeah, mm. not yeah. as fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, it. So we got the we bought the other day. We got uh, we've been loving playing Mario Party. So we got the Mario Party Superstars. So it's it's Mario Party, and they have different maps and everything, and different mini games, which are fun. Um, I'm beginning to, I think, I don't know because we 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 didn't we just played it the one time, um, but it appears like you might be able to unlock the levels from the four like the older Mario Party games. So like from like GameCube, like GameCube and Wii and I think 64 maybe in 64. I can't remember when it first came out, but I think you get to unlock, you know, you play it enough times you get uh, like most things you get to unlock levels and different areas. So that's cool. I like games like that where you play it and unlock things instead of, well, if you want to do this, you got to pay right. pass or pay yes. whatever to unlock this. Like just let me play it and grind and then get that. Play. Yes. Exactly. Just make it optional. Like you can do it fast and pay for it, or play it and work your way to. Yeah. yeah. Um. So <clears throat> we uh, for us this weekend, we Grayson had her first gymnastics competition, and. Uh, so in the four categories, vault, bars, floor, and beam, she took second place in vault, which is where they jump on the thing and then spring over. You know, usually you know, the more advanced ones will do like flips and turns and then you have to land and all that. For her, for her beginner level, it's just you just go up and then you kind of go up and then over and lay flat on the mat when you go over. You don't like have to land. So she took second in that. Uh, beam, she had a little routine, a little short routine, and she placed third in that. And then in bars, the uneven bars, even though they just used the one bar thing, uh, she placed third in that as well. And then in her floor routine, she took first place. Nice. So yeah, because that's that's her jam. Hey, that's her jam, and that's one she could practice at home, which is why you know, and it's. It kind of she's able to use her dance, you know, take her experience from doing dance to get her ready for that. So yeah. and then all around, which all around is basically take the scores from all the all four events, whatever the total score is. And then whoever's that gives you your all around score. So all around, she took second place. So boom. Yep. So not bad for her first competition. And then. Uh, for team, her uh, her team took first place. So magnitude gymnastics took first place. Boom. So not bad for a first competition. Congrats on that. <laughs> yes. So you know, very proud of her, and it did. And I, as I told Yorick uh, this morning when I took him to school, because he was at his mom's, but I had carpool today. So. And they went and saw the uh, musical Hades Town, and apparently had an, an amazing time, which I hear it's really good. Uh, 
But I told him, I said, York, you would have what you would. I said, you're going to love gymnastics competitions so much more. I said, because, you know, with dance competitions, it's like two, sometimes three days. And you're there all day, both days. This was one day and it was four hour, four and a half hours long. We got there at two. We were done at six and we left by six thirty. And it was only 30 minutes away from the house. He's like, wow. He's like, wow, that is awesome. I said, right? So, you know, so if you have to go to one of these, just know it's literally just going to be an afternoon. (laughs) Basically, you would have enough time to watch Zack Snyder's Justice League, and then we're done. (laughs) 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 Or Godfather Part 1 and most of Godfather Part 2. Find it out. Mm Mm-hmm. I said, you'd be good, man. So, yeah, he was, so he, he's like, awesome. And he was proud of her, too, obviously. But, yeah. And that's really about, I think that's about it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, easing into November. Yeah. As I call it, no stress November. October was stressful enough. I'm, I'm not doing that this go around. We're easy peasy. Right, November. All period. Ugh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Her thaw period and when Axel Rose gets pneumonia from that cold November rain. Yep. It's hard. <laughs> Just not safe to be a celebrity musician. <laughs> uh all right, so for trailers we uh the official trailer for Avatar The Way of Water dropped. I have not watched it because I don't I, the first one was more than enough for me to go, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to go see it. No, I'm not really that interested <laughs> still. Yeah. Um, I'm a little more since I watched the first one finally. Yeah. All right. Let's see what they what they do. Considering all this this time in between. Mm-hmm. Where everybody wanting, looking forward. That's interested. Yeah. Um. Next, we have Disenchanted, the full trailer for that one, which is a sequel to the movie, Disney's movie Enchanted, which I really love and thought it was adorable and you know really liked it. Yeah. Uh, Disenchanted is going to be dropping uh, November 24th on Disney+. Plus. Ten years after her happily ever after, Giselle questions her happiness inadvertently turning the lives of those in the real world in Andalusia, Andalusia upside down in the process. Uh, with Amy Adams reprising her role as Giselle, Alan Tudyk voicing, doing the voice for Scroll, James Marston as Prince Edward, Gabriello uh, Baldacino as Morgan Philip, Patrick Dempsey as Robert Philip. Jamie Mays as Ruby, Maya Rudolph as Malvinia, Malvina Monroe, Adina Menzel as Nancy Tremaine, Yvette Nicole Brown as Rosaline, Oscar Nunez as Edgar. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. It'll be fun. Can't wait. And also, this will be directed by Adam Shankman, who also directed the first one. And then lastly, we have a Christmas Story Christmas 
which sounds like a horrible title for a movie. Yeah. It's very long. Find out a Christmas story story while you're at it. Yeah. I don't know. Or another Christmas story. Yeah. <laughs> story two. Yeah. Uh. Anyways, a Christmas story story. Uh, sorry, a Christmas story Christmas. See, I've already changed the name of the title. Guarantee that's not going to be the first time this happens. It follows the now-adult Ralphie as he returns to the house on Cleveland Street to give his kids a magical Christmas like the one he had as a child, reconnecting with childhood friends and reconciling the passing of his old man. Uh, Looks like it's coming to HBO Max November 17th of this year. Directed by Clay Cadis. Peter Billingsley will be reprising his role as Ralphie Parker. Zach Ward will be reprising his role as Scud Farkas. Aaron Hayes is going to be Sandy Parker. Joey Haggerty, Mrs. Parker, reprising her role as Mrs. Parker. Uh, Scott Schwartz as Flick. R.D. Robb as Schwartz. Ian Petrella as Randy. Mark Arnold as the as neighbor Joe. And yeah, I'm sure it'll be nostalgic and hopefully have a decent story story to go with its Christmas Christmas. (laughs) End up doing a rehashing of some old. Yeah. Thing he went through. Had flashbacks. Yeah. Okay. You watched uh, the Weird Al movie, right? No, I don't have Roku. Oh, okay. I thought you watched yeah. it for some reason. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Well, yeah. I will let I'll let you go first because this is your week. Okay. Let's see. <clears throat> so I didn't go to the movie theater at all this week. <laughs> me shoot me either. So yep. um, so I happened upon. Sometimes I forget I have the Canopy app, so I was on there mm-hmm. looking up some stuff. So I happened upon a movie called Test Pattern, which is okay. on there. Uh, it came out February 12th, 2021. has a runtime of one hour, 22 minutes. And it's directed by Shatara Michelle Ford, which I was reading this is her first feature-length film. Uh, stars Brittany S. Hall as Rainisha, Bill Brill as Evan, Gail Bean as Amber, and Drew Fuller as Mike. So it follows an interracial couple whose relationship is put to a test after a black woman is sexually assaulted and a white boyfriend drives her from hospital to hospital to in search of an, one of those assault kits. So they meet kind of like at a lounge bar area when Evan approaches Rainisha and asks for her phone number. And, you know, she's sitting there with her friends. Usually, you know, if you're a guy by yourself and you see a, someone you're interested in and she's got three other friends with her, Mm-hmm. Kind of intimidated, like, no, nope. he'd been drinking, went up there, got the phone number, she gave it to him, and then he didn't call. <laughs> so he just happened to run into her at the grocery store. She was coming out, she was going in and he was coming out. And, um, you know, she basically let him know, like, I knew you weren't going to use my number, you know. But um, while she's grocery shopping, he ends up calling her from outside and then invites her out to get some Asian food. She agrees to, and they have a good dinner. Things are good. And so, mm-hmm. like, you know, Basically just saying he made a mistake by not calling. He's going to not make that mistake again. And so 
they meet up another time. It's basically like different, kind of a uh, kind of a old, drawn out drama. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the next time they get together at her place, kind of really connect there. I'll say it that way. And then we fast forward a little later where they're living in the house, and she's starting a new job. He's a tattoo artist, so that's how he makes his money. And she's working for this agency that deals with adoption, animal adoption. And um, her first day. Like no sooner she comes home with some tacos. Like no sooner than she comes home, her friend called and said, "Hey, let's go out celebrate." I'm like, "You just got home. You got tacos. Why are you going back out?" Yeah. But but she invites him out. He's like, "No, I don't like that place. Just gonna stay home. You have fun. Have a girls' night." So she meets up with a friend, and they're about to leave. But then these two guys who are celebrating, having secured a business deal, were celebrating. So they end up kind of hanging with them. She drinks a little more than she plans on, even takes an edible, which kind of messes with her, I guess, her um, decision making. Gotcha. And so, long story short, she ends up waking up in this one of the guys' bed the next morning in the hotel. Doesn't know what happened. She has absolutely, like, she has foggy memory. Yeah. But, you know, she's not really sure what happened because she doesn't remember anything. Um, she asked the guy just to take her to a friend, which he does, you know, give him that. Like he's not, he's not really like, he's not really a bad person, but he took advantage mm-hmm. of her because she didn't consent to it. She wasn't in her right mind. But, you know, she kind of doesn't say, but in a way reveals like something happened that she's not sure to her boyfriend. He doesn't get mad, but he's like, hey, we need to, you know, get you to a hospital so you can get one of these kits so they can see what happened and find this person that did it. So they end up going from hospital to hospital. First place, they've got the kit. They don't have the person that can administer it. So they go to another place. They don't have a kit. And she's literally like them eating the cup and carrying this cup around so they can have the fresh sample because you're not supposed to clean up mm-hmm. the bathroom or anything. So that way they can get accurate DNA. And it's just basically about them going through that process. Um, boyfriend Evan is really adamant about getting this done to the point of calling police so he can file a report. She doesn't want to do it. She wants to just let it go and just let it be. But he's like, no, we need to do this as soon as possible so we can at least try to find this guy. Because, you know, he could do it, be doing it to someone else. You're right. So even her friend is like, she doesn't know what happened, but, you know, they were all kind of not in their right mind. Um, that's basically what that is, uh, what's about. Um, it's a cool drama you know it's not a lot of action and things of that nature yeah. just this couple going through this situation and going hospital to hospital and just how i guess that system is set up as far as getting one of these at first i was like why not just go to the police but you know i've never been in a situation so i don't know how i would react if right. my girlfriend or wife had that happen and then we need to figure out what you know who did this but um, it was it was. I want to say it was entertaining, but it was a good drama. <laughs> it was a good drama. I love. I was I was entertained watching two people go from hospital to hospital to try and get a rape kit done. But you know, how do, I, I feel like how do you spend your night? <laughs> but, but I thought it was well acted. Um, it's different. You know, it was cool as far as story, how it was shot. I think it was a good first first time feature attempt. Okay. 
it's cool. on Canopy if you have it. There you go. Got a library card or affiliated with the job, you can sign up and watch it. There you go. And Canopy is a good resource that I've even forgotten yeah. to, to utilize from time to time. Usually I remember during award season to see if I could find it on there. Yeah, if I can't find it anywhere else. Friendly logged yeah. in and I was like, I can't forget. Got about because they do have some good, you know, well-known mm-hmm. movies as well, but they have have a lot of independent movies mm-hmm. that kind of go under the radar. So good resource to watch some not so um I guess well marketed movies. There you go. Yeah. Cool. Well, the very first one I'm gonna talk about is uh, one that I've been excited for and almost forgot it came out this weekend. I was like, oh, sweet, that did come out. Hell yes. So I watched Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Now, I was growing up, I was a huge Weird Al fan just because I grew up in the 80s during peak Weird Al uh, when he was at his, I guess, most popular? I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, because to me, I think I was introduced like around 86, 87. So he'd been out for like four years. So he was, you know, he was not quite at his apex, but he was on his way to his apex. Uh, but yeah, it. so I watched, you know, was, so I got to, uh, so I listened to all his stuff, had all, you know, had all the stuff on cassette. And there's a, I remember checking out from the video store this D or this VHS called the complete Al, which was like a fake, it was like a fake documentary. It included some like music, some of his music videos, but it was like this fake documentary and was great. I vaguely remember it now, but I definitely remember watching it growing up and really enjoying it. And as I have talked about before, uh, we had a family movie night where we watched UHF, which is you know with Weird Al and with uh, a bunch of famous people, and you know just still I still love that movie. And they uh, so yeah so when this knowing that this was coming out I was very excited. So this movie what this movie definitely is not is a this movie is definitely is not an actual biography. This is not really based on his life. Much like Weird Al's music that is a parody, this movie too is based, you know, basically Weird Al parodies other musicians' work. Well, basically, he basically is doing a parody of his life, and that's what this movie is. This movie is taking this movie takes a lot of the kind of cliches and tropes that are in musical biopics and uses that and then applies it to his life. So there's, you know, having like an abusive dad and who works at the factory, but nobody knows what they do, what they make at the factory, but he lost his hand at the factory and he, uh, he just wants his son to come and work with him at the factory when he gets older and to quit, you know, listening to people like Dr. Demento and with these parody music things. And it, yeah, it's funny. And then of course a, a salesman comes by to try and sell 
a door-to-door salesman comes by to try and sell an accordion and of course his dad ends up beating up the salesman really badly (laughs) it then goes and cools off and then the mom's like you know why don't we just go ahead and buy this accordion off of you (laughs) you know as as basically us you know feeling bad so we're going to go ahead and buy this off of you so they they uh and that's kind of how the story starts. But she's like, but we can't, but you can't play this in front of anybody. Basically, I don't want your father to know we bought this type of thing. So he's having to play like in his closet or play quietly. And it kind of fast forwards to his, uh, to him, like moving out of the house and away from his family and being able to express himself, you know, the way he wants. To. Oh, you know, as a teenager, he winds up at this party that uh, he kind of snuck out to go that he didn't tell his parents he was going to. And the party turns out to be a polka party. And so he's like, I can't be, I can't be seen here. I can't be at a polka party. My parents will flip out, (laughs) (laughs) you know, instead of like, you know, Oh my God, there's polka music and there's an accordion. You know, I can't, I can't be seen doing, you know, I can't be seen doing this. You know, what if my parents find out? So it's great. You know, basically they take stuff instead of like drug use or, you know, or alcohol use and just put poking music in <laughs> and stuff like that. It's pretty funny that way. And then of course the cops show, you know, he ends up playing the accordion very well. And then, and then uh, the cops show up to bust up the party <laughs> and then they bring him home. It's like, like we found your son playing, you know, uh, your son was at a polka party. We caught him with an accordion in his hand. <laughs> It's like, what? He doesn't even know how to. He doesn't even know how to play. Why would you even know what that is? <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. It's really funny. Like it's really cleverly written in that way. And this movie is peak, kind of like ridiculous, but it's in a in the most traditional Weird Al kind of way. Yeah. And I did catch something when he, after he got older and everything, and he moved out. He's trying to join a band, you know, and be the, and so he goes to like one of those community boards, you know, where they put, you know, need one, take one, you know, like, do you want to join a band? Do you need a place to stay? Hey, here's fly, you know, basically a bunch of flyers are posted up. And immediately I saw something caught my eye and I'll post it in our story. Uh, There's this thing that says Cooney's karate classes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I did the Leo thing, you know, pointing at the screen. I'm like, Ooh, that's from UHF. <laughs> Cause ah. his neighbor downstairs. So stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it was next door. That's what it was. His neighbor next door. So stupid. Yeah. Anyways, I caught that. And I was like, uh, I see. I said, okay, I already see. I'm going to have to really pay attention to this, to right. further Easter eggs right. and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. And no, it was great. I, and you know, he gets older and you know, he, his friends, you know, he gets the inspiration of my Bologna from listening. They had the radio on and, uh, my Sharona was on and he was making his friends a sandwich and yeah. And there's different things. And then they recorded, you know, the song in the bathroom and in a bathroom at a bus stop. And which is partially true. Cause he actually did record that song in a bathroom, but at his college though, because it had really good acoustics. Yeah. Anyways, he ends up doing like a live show and 
uh, playing another one bites the dust. And apparently that there's a ton of cameos in this movie throughout. I mean, just of various different people from what I, and what I read was weird Al basically took his people that are on his Christmas card list and just sent invitations for those people to be, you know, essentially to be in the movie. And so he has a, a bunch of cameos of people that are in this. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it's cool. So if you made the Christmas card list, you're probably in the movie. <laughs> uh, but no, it's just an over-the-top fun movie. Like, there's a scene where he, like, starts dating. He meets Madonna, and they start dating. And then she gets him to start drinking. And then, of course, you know, the fame and everything else takes a hold of him. And he... <laughs> You know, the band ends up getting in disarray because Madonna's a bad influence on him and causing some strife in the band. And then, so the band ends up leaving. It, Dr. Demento, you know, was his. So in real life, because I've, I'll share this picture. I have this book called Weird Al, the book, and it has some interesting stuff in it. I got it, I think, in like a loot crate box many years back. And, Anyways, it's got some funny different things in there, and there's some great pictures and behind-the-scenes stuff and lyrics to various different songs. And he has his, you know, he always referred to Dr. Demento as his D-mentor. So, uh, so he actually used that. They used that in the movie. So, which I thought was it had a double, you know, it's like basically a double meaning and. When he referred to him as when Daniel Radcliffe, who is playing Weird Al, says that Dr. Demento is his Dementor. So his Dementor, as in like Harry Potter and the Dementors. So, yeah, I thought that was nice. I was like, OK, I see what you did there. Also, it's literally what he used to call him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, he even he caused, you know, rift between that. Then, you know, the next thing you know, him and Madonna are at some diner and he's just at his lowest point. And then a, a group of cartel people, because uh, apparently Pablo Escobar is a huge fan of Weird Al, kidnap Madonna, end up kidnapping Madonna and taking her hostage because, you know, basically Weird Al, they want Weird Al to play. <laughs> And so, yeah. So, you know, he ends up having to go, he ends up having this big fight scene in the diner <laughs> against these huge thugs. Again, this is peak ridiculous, but it's perfect for Weird Al. Like, if you've seen UHF and know how kind of over the top that movie and funny that movie is, it's pretty much like this movie. It's over the top, it's funny, it's silly, but it is just, I mean, it's, you wouldn't want anything more like you wouldn't want like a straight weird Al movie because it wouldn't be as entertaining. Whereas this fictionalized version, it's so much better. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what, cause he co-wrote it and produced it. You know, that's kind of, I think what his thought was, is like, well, I, why do a straight one when you can fictionalize it and have some truth in some of the story, but you know, just make up a bunch of stuff that would be far more entertaining because he's, like it's such a straight laced person yeah. that 
you know, is not as entertaining to watch if you didn't, you know, kind of put some stuff in there. So, um, but yeah, so he ends up having to rescue Madonna and then turns out Madonna was basically just there to use, to use Weird Al so that she will do a parody because there's a thing called the Weird Al bump where, or the Yank, you know, the Al Yankovic bump where Weird Al, yeah. Um, bump where artists that he parodies receives a bump in their in their uh in people listening to their original music because of listening to Weird Al's music and that's apparently a real thing. It's not something that's that part's not made up. That's actually a real thing. And that I guess is it I'm gonna is it Chameleonaire? Is that his name? Rapper? Yeah. Because uh, uh, Weird Al parodied him, and he said that he saw a significant bump in his in his song yeah. that uh, Weird Al had parodied, and you know, basically, basically uh, credits Weird Al to helping him, I think, win a Grammy or something like that for that song. <laughs> so yeah, due to the popularity. So I can believe that. You know, you listen to his, like, let's see what where he got the inspiration from. Like, yeah, oh, it's you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, and apparently in real life, Madonna really did want Weird Al to parody her music, but specifically like a virgin. And so that part's actually true. The fictional in the movie, she basically wanted she was using him so that he would do a parody of her music. Yeah. But in the movie, he had basically swore off doing parody music and just doing straight music. Mm-hmm. Like there's this whole thing that he came up with Eat It before Michael Jackson came up with Beat It. And so basically Michael Jackson was parodying Eat It with Beat It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, 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 either way. Yeah. Great songs. <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, there's and they use like dialogue where they're actually. They're using dialogue, but like some of the lines they use are actually lyrics from songs. So if you know his work, like if you know the music, then you're going to if you know his work, then you're going to catch that what that's from and stuff like yeah. that. So it's, it's, it, yeah, it's just a fun movie. I mean, if, and there's, I mean, there's some action, but I don't think, I can't remember if there's any blood in it. Um, I always, obviously fake blood, but there's, there's no language in it. I mean, it's a perfect PG movie. I mean, yeah. I, if the kids wanted to watch it. I would happily watch it with them. Um, York mind. I don't know if Grayson really would. She would if everybody else was watching it, but right. I don't know if she would really get it just yet. Uh, York would like it though, for sure. It, but it, it it's freaking hell. And it does. The movie does not end at all the way you think it's going to end. Like the ending just happens, and you're like, what the fuck just happened here? <laughs> like what happened? And it, I'm like. You know what this, and then the credits roll, and then it's just hilarious after that. It's like just so stupid, but yet so funny. Yeah. No, great, great movie. I yeah, especially as a weird, any weird Al fan will love this, even if you're just like barely even like if you, even if you don't consider yourself like a, I want to say a diehard fan, but even if you're just like remotely interested, you'll like this. And even if you're not, I mean, it's still f- a. You know, a fun movie. There we go. Weird. The Al Yankovic story. 
next movie I hopped in my time machine, went back to 2009, <clears throat> and um, checked out the movie The Proposal, which was released June 19th of that year. Runtime of an hour and 48 minutes, directed by Ann Fletcher, and it stars Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds, but it also stars um, Malin Ackerman, Rick T. Nelson, Mary Steinbergen, uh, Betty White, and um, yep. Oscar Nunez, who we mentioned earlier. Yep. Is Ramon. <laughs> um, this is about He's hilarious. Boss. He is. Um, it's about a pushy boss who forces her young assistant to marry her in order to keep her visa status in the U.S. and avoid deportation to Canada. Which, you know, the way of the world, I don't think being deported to Canada is too bad. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <I'll turn. laughs> um, True story. I just hate the cold. But uh, Sandra Bullock plays Ma- Margaret Tate, um, who's editor-in-chief for a New York book publishing company. Um, so she's not well-liked in her office to the point where she comes into work. People act like they're busy just to kind of avoid eye contact. Or she's in her office. They avoid they just avoid her as much as they can. They don't want to piss her off or anything. Um, so she's here on a visa from Canada. And she was given strict instructions to not go to a certain place because of that. But because she wanted to land this client, she goes anyway. And thus, by doing that, she's in violation. And thus, will be deported back to Canada. So before this meeting with her boss, she has um, her assistant, Andrew, you know, give him the 10 minute, like, hey, in 10 minutes, come get me. So when he comes in, he ends up saying the magic word engage or engagement. So she's like, ooh, that's a good idea. Let's pretend like we're married. So like, yeah, we're getting married. And of course, you know, the look on his face is like, what? <laughs> hey, what's going on? Because he does not like Margaret at all. Like he's, a, he's no. been her assistant for the last three years, but he can't stand her. It's like, to, it's like a devil's wear prod. It's like a devil's wear situation. Yeah. And he's been trying to get a manuscript of his published, but she won't even read it. And so they both kind of look at it like, okay, her to keep from getting deported, I'm going to have him marry me. He's like, well, if I do this, then I can get her to publish my, my book, <laughs> you know, kind of like that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, they got to go through it, through the proper channel. So they end up going to an immigration agent who's not buying it. He feels like she's specifically doing this to, to avoid being uh, deported. And so, you know, she's like, well... Andrew happens to have been going to his grandma for her birthday, and so she brings that up. So, yeah, we're going to visit family and let them know what's going on. And so, basically, the immigrant agent is just like, hey, you know, okay, Monday, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to ask you some questions, and even if one of them's wrong, you're getting deported and he's going to jail. <laughs> Plus, fine. Right. So, so, they got, so, they got the pressure on him <laughs> to do this. Um, of course, Andrew's family, he, they live in Alaska, which I thought was interesting because one of the scenes when them supposed to go into bed, it's like, sun's still out. How are you going to fall asleep? <laughs> so we have curtains pulled down. I'm like, yep, that's exactly how I do it. Because <laughs> I can't sleep with the sun's in my face. <laughs> so I'm the same way. But um, so they end up getting to Alaska, meet the family, meet his mom and grandma, played by Betty White, who's hilarious in this. She's funny. Like, like, like my first my, my first encounter with this movie was like a like a skit promo with uh, mm-hmm. Sandra Betty White and Ryan Reynolds, where whenever Sandra Bullock is around, you know Betty White's real nice. When she goes away, she's really mean to Ryan, like just just yeah. talk, talking bad. I thought it was a cool promo, but I never watched the movie. But anyway, once they meet the family, um, it ends up being a little 
more than what they thought because you know Ryan hasn't not Ryan Andrew hasn't been home in like three years. Mm-hmm. So my the parents kind of make a big deal about it, and make a big celebration, have other people basically make it a party. And so you know he's at odds with his dad, and he kind of get his dad kind of frustrates him to the point where he goes ahead and tells people that he's getting married to Margaret, which wasn't exactly the way she thought it was going to come come out. And you know they're trying to keep this ruse. Just comes about them like, are they gonna either drive each other crazy doing this and just forget about it, or are they gonna actually take the time, get to know each other? So by Monday, they can pull this off, get married, yeah. and then a little well down the road, they'll just have the know. Um, <clears throat> but I thought it was a cute movie. I, yeah. like, I like Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds' chemistry. Um, Saw a little more of Sandra Bullock in this movie than I thought I would. wasn't bad, <laughs> you know. The, the bathroom scene where the, the dog scares her, and he happens to be changing outside. They both come inside in <laughs> the room and bump into each other. And it's like, <laughs> like it makes sense. Yeah, it's like, oh, like all right, that's a little too much detail. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I laughed. Um, I laughed a lot with Betty White, her character. Yes. Out in the woods doing her seance and stuff. <laughs> All right. Crazy but fun. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Good. Yeah, Good. I enjoyed it. Good. Uh, so my next movie is our family movie night morning. <laughs> Sunday morning movie pick. There we go. Yeah. We Grayson and I watched. Because York, I knew, would have zero interest. But Grayson and I watched uh, Monster High, the movie, which is on Paramount Plus. Follows a half human and half werewolf as she finally finds a place where she fits fits in. But when a devious plan to destroy Monster High threatens to reveal her identity, she must learn to embrace her true monster heart and save the day. This is directed by Tom Holland, who also directed a bunch. He directed a bunch of TV, and but we will, you and I will most know, notably know him from directing the movie The Wizard from 1989, the video game, the oh. video game movie with Fred Savage and uh, and uh, Christian Slater and Bo Bridges. I introduced Super Mario Brothers three. Three, yes, the big deal, big deal back then. Uh, <laughs> yes. Can you imagine them being able to pull that off in this day and age, though? They do it right. It's possible. You just got to get the right. It, and make sure there aren't any leaks. That's going to be the biggest issue. Because we did not have the internet then, so it was a lot easier to uh, keep things a little more hush-hush. That's one thing I don't like about the internet. Nothing, nothing is sacred. Nope. But, uh, yeah. So, this movie is, if you, I want to go ahead and right off the bat, if your child likes any of the Disney musical movies, because this is a musical, not a whole lot of numbers, but, you know, enough. If they like, uh, if your kids like either the, Descendants movies or the zombies movies, they're going to love Monster High the movie. 
this one I actually I, I think I might have enjoyed more than those other ones. I don't really. Maybe it's because Grayson watches those over and over and over. And it may be the same way, too, with this, if she decides to watch this one over and over and over. But uh, for the most part, though, like I really liked, really enjoyed this one. Basically, Claudine Wolf is half human, half werewolf. Her mom was a werewolf. Her dad is human. She doesn't fit in at, you know, in the real world. So she was she got accepted to Monster High. And basically because she lied and said that she's full, you know, full monster and not you know, human at all. And so basically the problem the monsters have is it goes back to, you know, a long time ago where basically like Dr. Jinko, Mr. Hyde type of thing. Dr. Jinko was, you know, working on an experiment to go full monster because he was half human, half monster. And in doing so, uh, went crazy. And so they had to banish him, essentially, from the high school, from Monster High. And uh, then he, you know, went off somewhere, then was never seen from again, because he wasn't accepted in the monster world or in the human world. So he was just kind of in that kind of weird limbo, like, couldn't find a home either way. And so... Claudine's like, when she, the fact she got in, her dad's like, okay, well, if you, I guess it's okay if that's what you really want, but just know it's going to be difficult. And so she, he lets her, and then they have to go to this place where there's like a portal that opens up, and then she walks through it, musical number, whatever, and then shows up at the high school. And I guess this it's just the beginning of the school year, and then. Uh, there's a bunch of new kids and some that have been there. And so she makes friends with basically this child of, I guess, Frankenstein. It's Frankie is her, is her name and her last name is Stein. So Frankie Stein. And then there, her other roommate is Drac is Dracula's daughter, Draculaura. And then the love interest is like a Medusa, uh, I guess son and his name is Deuce Gorgon. So and then there's uh Cleopatra, Cleo Denial. See where I'm going with catchy names. I could probably come up with these. And then her their teacher, Mr. Comos, and then of course Dracula, and then headmistress Bloodgood. And one thing I didn't realize until looking up on IMDb people in this, because the one that plays her dad I thought was John Ortiz, who's a great character actor and been in a ton of stuff. Well, he was in Dead to Me, actually. Uh, <laughs> in season two. Or season one. It didn't matter. Uh, he, uh, anyways, this guy looks just like him. It's not John Ortiz, it's somebody else. Anyways, her dad, uh, Claudine's dad's name is Apollo, so I thought that was, it's like, oh, I see what you did there. And then, uh, so Claudine shows up. They, she's trying to make friends and everything. And then in her class, they're finding out that the story of, basically the exposition story of, of uh, Doctor Hyde and why he got banished and all that. So now Claudine's wanting to do. 
some paper, some, you know, project, you know, that's due. It was funny because there's this whole musical number. And then they're like, well, we, uh, you have this, pro- don't forget you had this project due in like a few days, but nothing's ever said about what the project is. Like the teacher didn't give any sort of like, it's like, again, like first day. Like, yeah. I mean, how are they going to know what it is? <laughs> this is literally the first day you just met these people. But, you know, not important. Anyway, so she decides to do hers on. Uh, she decides to do her report on Mr. Hyde and all this, but also worried about. She realizes that whenever she gets upset or stressed, all of her monster uh, attributes disappear, like her ears, her nails, all that stuff. Did her hair, all that stuff. Well, her hair changes differently, but her ears disappear and her nails and her hands become more human. So she's needing to find out Dr. Hyde's where his secret lab was so she can use whatever potions he had to try and turn so she could become full monster. So and there's musical numbers. And then Dracula is kind of a nemesis at first. Cleo Denial is because she realizes that Deuce, who Cleo and Deuce dated, but they broke up. Deuce broke up, and Deuce now kind of is into Claudine, and so Cleo's jealous. So there's all that in there. But you know, there's a reveal towards the end of who's causing all these issues and problems of why the school's falling apart and bad things are happening. And you know, more musical numbers and happy ending and stuff. It's fun. It's a fun. It's great for kids. It's a great, especially girls who like it. Boys probably not as much. Not as the boys. I think I can see them being more into zombies than than either Descendants or this one. But uh, it's still a fun movie with decent musical numbers and you know the uh, the acting's done well for the kind of movie that they're trying to make. If that makes sense, because you know those movies are a different kind of acting style than your traditional movies that are made you know so but it's done well and you know i don't dislike it like it's not one of those i don't think it's gonna annoy me if grayson watches it over and over and over again so um so that's monster high the movie on paramount plus um real quick um let me i'm gonna put my two cents in i went and watched uh see how they run and it's on hbo max right now it is actually really good little caper um, about, you know, in the 50s West in London that there's a plans for a movie version of a smash hit play uh, that comes to an abrupt halt after a pivotal member of the crew is murdered. So it's a whodunit uh, based on the play is based on an Agatha Christie book and during its heyday. And they're trying to solve basically Adrian Brody plays this director of the movie that's the play is going to be adapted into Sam Rockwell, Saoirse Ronan, um, Harris Dickinson, uh, Ruth Wilson, David, Oh, Oh, there we go. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. It's a great whodunit. Great little caper. I really enjoyed it. Uh, 
definitely rewatchable. So, and it is rated PG 13, but that's, I've learned that if there's any kind of blood, it immediately gets moved from a PG to a PG 13. Didn't have that. It's so, it's so stupid. Yeah. It's so stupid. So with that being said, it's basically a PG movie. Really? So, so yeah. So anyways, I just wanted to drop that in. I really enjoyed it. If you have HBO max, you should definitely watch it. It's worth it. All right. On Apple TV Plus, A24 as well, um, movie called Causeway. Um, I just happened to be on TikTok and somebody like dropped a clip. So I didn't, I never, I didn't know anything about the movie, but somebody dropped a clip from it. And it was one of the scenes with um, Brian Tyree Henry and Jennifer um, Lawrence kind of having their back and forth. I was like, oh, let me go, let me check this out. Then I learned it was an A24 movie. I'm like, hmm. But it's not. It's 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 a normal. It's actually a normal movie. It's not nothing weird. Nothing okay. crazy. No giant lamb, naked lambs running around or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, it's an hour and thirty two minutes. The director is Lila Neugebauer. I had to watch a, a, an interview so I didn't mispronounce her name because I'm like, man. <laughs> um, but it stars Jennifer Lawrence, plays Lindsay. Brian Tyree Henry plays James. <clears throat> Linda Iman plays Gloria. Jane Howdy Shell plays Sharon. And Stephen McKinley Henderson plays Dr. Luke. So this is about a U.S. soldier <clears throat> who suffers a traumatic brain injury while fighting in Afghanistan and struggles to adjust to life back home. So, <clears throat> so first introduced to Lindsay in a wheelchair she's lost some of her motor skills and um she can talk but she has problems walking yeah. and holding things and so she ends up living with living with sharon at kind of like a halfway house who helps her with her rehab and even helps her driving and once she gets to a point where she can move from sharon she ends up staying with her mom but um lindsey she's very adamant about getting back to work which is re-enlisting, get back me being deployed again. So Sharon, along with her doctor, they're like, you know, why? <laughs> you know, you mm-hmm. got hurt. You know, why would you want to go back? And um, but that's just she just real adamant about doing so. So she ends up getting a job cleaning pool, and you know, one of the things that the boss asks whether or not she has a vehicle. Well, she does. It's a truck. But as she's driving, it starts kind of messing up. So she ends up taking to this car shop, which is where she meets uh, James, played by Brian Tyree Henry. And, you know, he makes comments about how, you know, she's got a good vehicle. And um, he kind of gives her a quote, but says, you know, kind of depends on part comes in, how much it costs, and they can talk about it. But um, over time, they become friends. And she's also staying with her mom, who she doesn't really get along with. They barely really have a conversation. Uh, Lindsay avoids her mom, and her mom, kind of, I guess, kind of stuck on the past. You know, like how saying, making comments about how she used to be like this funny, vibrant person. Now she's mean, and you know, um, you learn some things about Brian, who happens to be the brother of someone she played against in high school. She played basketball, but some tragic event happened with uh, him and his sister, which they do talk about. And they even talk about her relationship with her brother. Um, 
But the movie is mostly just about her connecting with him, but also trying to live with her mom and trying to get her life back, but still wanting to go back and go to back, you know, be reenlisted. Yeah. Um, she can't do so until her doctor signs the waiver for it, which she refuses to do so because regardless of how you're feeling, and yes, you're passing all these tests, you just don't feel comfortable signing that waiver, then you go back and then something happens. You know? Yeah. You um, there's a scene at the pool where, you know, it's kind of like a miscommunication as far as, you know, Lindsay and James are friends, but then something happens where it's like, what are we doing here? Are we trying to make this more than friendship? Um, they kind of argue from there. Um, I, I like the movie. I feel like the performances are good, but I was curious. I, I was kind of like, maybe if they, like, you know, Jennifer Lawrence, he's fine in this, but I feel like Brian, T- Brian Tyree Henry kind of has a little more meat to his character, like a little more backstory, like where if they could have maybe tell the story from his perspective where he meets her. But he's got, he got a little more going on in a way. Um, I guess I'd just like to see his side of the story from his perspective. Yeah. So you have this from her perspective, but it'd be cool to kind of see the other side on what he went through. But um, I feel like he gives a lot. You know, this is a better performance from Jennifer Lawrence since the X-Men movies. Granted, <laughs> she actually seems like she cares, but yeah, just that one scene at the pool, like he's he's really kind of given a lot of where you know he could probably get maybe acknowledged for like a supporting actor, award, right? Maybe. Um, but it's cool. It doesn't really have an ending. Like it ends just one of those movies that just kind of goes to black, so it doesn't have like a real conclusive ending, right? But performances are decent. Um, and it's basically just about her. You know, trying to figure out if she really needs to go back to war or should she just try to live her life as best she can here which is in yeah. New Orleans she, she lives in New Orleans um, yeah very good chemistry back and forth her and Brian Tyree Henry okay. yeah Apple TV Plus I think it's worth checking out but it's yeah. a slow burner it's just slow it's not a lot going on so it's not going to be any car chases any explosions <laughs> so this is just a straight drama gotcha um. Okay. Yeah, I've been wanting to watch. I was definitely wanting to watch that one. I just everything else going on, I kind of, <laughs> so I kind of reached the. Yeah, just ran out of time. But I'm definitely planning on checking it out because it looks it looks pretty interesting. Uh, the last movie for us to talk about is I watched Enola Holmes 2, which dropped this past Friday. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown reprises her role as Enola Holmes, and as does Henry Cavill, who reprises his role as Sherlock. David Thewlis plays Grail, and Lewis Partridge reprises his role as Tewksbury. And Helena Bonham Carter reprises her role as, as the Holmes's mother. Now a detective for hire, Enola Holmes takes on her first official case to find a missing girl as the sparks of a dangerous conspiracy ignite a mystery that requires the help of friends and Sherlock himself to unravel. So, much like the first one, this is based off of book series. 
This one, I think, has a better pacing than the second one. I mean, sorry, than the first one. And I, there's, it doesn't seem as disjointed. I think there's, it kind of moves a lot, a lot better. I think it may have found its footing, I guess is a better way to word it. It is directed by the same person who directed the first one, as well as the show Fleabag. So that's why there's a lot of breaking the fourth wall like there was in the first one. Uh, so the story is not based on any of the novels, but it is original an original story that is based on real historic on uh, the real historical 1888 Match Girls' strike in the life of a labor activist, Sarah Chapman, Brad Beer, who's the director, thought it was an inspiring feminist symbol, and it showed the theme of working together. So basically, girls go missing, and so one of the girls working at this match factory hires Enola to try and find this missing girl. And what it turns out is the girl went missing because she found out that these matchstick the the phosphorus and the matchsticks are causing the girls working in this factory to lose their teeth and then start having uh their jaw bones start deteriorating and this is something that really happened during this time and so they just diffused that historical element from that and infused it into the story for this mystery so not only is it a conspiracy to cover that up, but also a uh, a whodunit of where this where what happened to this girl. So you know it's about Anola trying to solve all of this, and it's done in a very clever, fun way. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of like tongue in cheek comedy. Plus, of course, you know a little bit of a love story between her and. A continuing love story between who, her and Tewksbury. So, and her and Sherlock, you know, actually, you know, getting along, teaming up, and uh, she's showing more that she can, you know, showing more and more in this movie that she can handle a lot of things on her own and doesn't really need her help. But Sherlock needs, or she doesn't need Sherlock's help, and in the end, he needs her help because two cases that they're working on are combined. And the person that's behind all of this is, I mean, behind there's behind the conspiracy and everything else is a formidable foe that you find out through watching the movie. I don't want to give too much away, but it is very enjoyable. Uh, I think boys and girls both would like this, uh, you know, between Grayson might like it. I'll find out, see if she wants to watch it. Uh, otherwise, ten and up for sure, and it's enjoyable. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's definitely not bad. I enjoyed it more than the first one, I think. But I am going to go back and watch the first one and give it a second chance, give it a second look, and and uh, we'll let y'all know what I think. But so far, yeah, no, I was, I was pleased with it. It is kind of funny. So uh, there's a musical number, and she's not singing, but she's at like a, a vaudeville, you know. Uh, place where they have musical numbers and they're doing this this one song and dance number where they took uh, Where Did You Get That Hat? which was a song that was used in the Sherlock Holmes comedy Without a Clue from 1988 
that starred Michael Caine and Sherlock Holmes and Ben Kingsley as Dr. Watson. And they actually put that in this movie. So it's a nice little nod there. And actually, there's a, uh, I don't, not a key moment, but in that scene, it, it, it has some importance to it. So it's actually pretty cool that they were able to work that in. So, yeah. Uh, Noel Holmes 2 on the Netflix. So definitely uh, check it out. If you especially if you like the first one, or even if you thought the first one was just okay, I would recommend watching the second one and giving it a try. It's I enjoyed it. So, yep. And Nola Holmes two. Uh, TV. Did you watch anything? Did you have time? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I watched. Um, so it was suggested me to watch, watch the Watcher. Watch the Watcher, which is a seven episode miniseries on Netflix which is about a married couple moving into their dream home are threatened by terrifying letters from a stalker sign, the watcher. It's, it's kind of one of those, it's um, like, that's kind of like a mystery. Like who's, who's behind writing these letters. Just like when you fig- right. think you think when you think you've got it figured out, they throw a twist in there. Like, no, nope, can't be these people or this person. So maybe it's this, like you got a lot of suspects. Yeah. Basically. And I finished it I, like in two days. Like I, I mean, I liked it that much where I just burned through it in two days. But the last episode was too much of that switching between who, who, who did it? Was it this person? Was it not? Or was it them? Yeah, it didn't yeah. too much. Um, but I still liked it. I just wish they didn't do so much in that final episode. Um, yeah. Then I was watching Dead to Me on Netflix. That's two seasons out now. Third season comes out the 17th. And I've watched first season, which is about, which in a way I kind of wish I didn't know about before watching, but it's um, stars Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. Mm -hmm. So a series about a powerful friendship between, I mean, a powerful friendship that blossoms between tightly wound widow and a free spirit with a shocking secret. Um, I was surprised they had more than one season because I thought it would have been wrapped up after the first one, but other things happen which is mm-hmm. the second season. And I've, actually, I've watched the first two episodes of the second season, so I feel like I may have season two finished up by the time. Um, but um, it, it's just real interesting. It's just crazy. Like I couldn't imagine somebody doing that for real but i'm pretty sure it's either happened or someone thought about it oh yeah so but um it was interesting it was really interesting continue watching that um and i watched the latest episode of atlanta which will have their season finale this thursday and series finale actually for that matter um so far this season has been getting like each character having their own episode that focuses on them I think the finale follows the Darius character. This one followed Paperboy. He's off on the farm, just kind of trying to live that calm life. But yeah, yeah even the farm life's not that calm. <laughs> he runs into some issues, some pretty unexpected and hilarious issues that <laughs> just to say, um, we'll see um, Lion King a little differently on the Pumbaa. Boom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or Pumbaa. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a hilarious episode, and that's it. I still need to catch up on. Elementary, I haven't watched that latest episode yet. 
Okay. So I forgot to tell you, uh, speaking of Abbott Elementary in Weird Al, uh, Quinta Brunson uh, plays Oprah in it. Yep. Oh, she did great. It was awesome. I loved it. Um, but yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I meant to, should have brought that up. But again, there's like a ton of cameos in this. It's great in that movie. So I'm um, staying, staying caught up on Andor. Still good. Still good. Um, some things happen, but not, it's almost kind of a filler episode, but there's a couple things that happen that kind of help make it not, but it's still progressing quite well. I have been watching Key and Peele on Netflix. I'll, they have three seasons up, and I am having never watched it before. I've seen clips yeah. or you know little sketches, but I haven't watched a full episode. And I'm flying through. I'm on season three. I think I'm almost done with it, and I'm absolutely loving it. It's hilarious. It is the best. I absolutely love it. Um, so I definitely recommend that. If you've watched a couple of them, I would highly recommend going on Netflix and <laughs> just sitting down watching it. It's great. It's it's a great show. <laughs> I feel bad that I didn't watch it when it was originally on. <laughs> and then Titans season four dropped. And I don't mean the Tennessee Titans. I mean the show Titans they dropped, on HBO though. Max. <laughs> yep. They dropped. Huh? They did drop, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of onto something there. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, episode one and two drop, and uh, it's it's off to a good start. Off to a good start. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying it quite nicely. They're I guess they're going to introduce Brother Blood as the big bad in Mother Mayhem. So it's they're definitely delving more into the kind of the mystical arts this season. So I'm almost wondering if they're going to have Constantine show up. I don't know which version. I don't know which. Well, it won't be Keanu, so I don't know if Matt Ryan's going to show up. But uh, since a lot of the stuff they're dealing with are going to are kind of like uh, magic-based powers, um, I'm almost wondering if uh, if he's going to make an appearance or if uh, Zatanna will. So curious, should be interesting. Uh, but I'm still, I still love it. It's still a great show. It took me a while during that first season to really kind of accept everything. <laughs> It was like, that is not how I wanted it. And it was like, but once I kind of just went, you know what? They're doing a good job with what they, with what they got going on. And uh, then obviously season two and three were both really well done. So with the Slade Wilson and Jason Todd storylines. I, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's a great show. So I'm very excited that this has started back. So give me something new to watch. And I think that's all I got. Boom. So, it's a shame we don't have anything coming out this week in the theater. <laughs> I know. Yeah. A superhero movie? No, nothing. Uh, lies. Sit on the throne of lies. Um, now, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, coming out this Friday. So we will most definitely be talking about that next week. Like I said, I probably will have watched it at least twice. Um, I'm going to catch it the early showing Thursday after work. Okay. And friend will meet cool. up and catch it. So, 40X. 
Same Boom. friend that went. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That went. I'm like, you sure? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm catching it after work. It's going to be kind of late. RDX. And she's like, well, I won't go because I want to get the free meal. <laughs> okay. All right. But just at least now you know what to expect. <laughs> yep. Be ready. Yeah. Take some. Take some to leave. Maybe. Stretch. Maybe stretch. Maybe stretch. Yeah. Yep. Get ready. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, that's just, I think that's kind of why I didn't because I was supposed to watch a couple movies this past week, but I'm like I'm ready for Black Panther. <laughs> I'm ready. Yep, that's that's all I've been thinking about. It's like it's the only one I'm looking forward to, and that's what I'm on watch. <laughs> and there you go. I still might I might catch those movies this week. I think they're still playing late enough that I might. Yeah. Maybe tonight or tomorrow. It'll be a mystery. <laughs> yeah, but it's all about Black Panther. This Boom. Just curious what they what they're doing. Um, curious. And uh, you know, they they have a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure on this movie. Can't imagine. Yeah. See. Try not to post anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I have a tendency to not think and just click share and. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's all good. All righty, my friend. Well, uh, hopefully everyone gets a chance to watch at least a few of the movies that we have talked about today. You know, with your either with yourself or you know with your family. Some great choices this week for family movies. For if you have family movie Fridays or whatever or whatever else, and check them out. They're some good choices for sure. And so, and uh, in the immortal words of Weird Al, this is the life. <laughs> Catch y'all next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.